Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Movies is a Meal, a podcast where we talk about movies and other things while we eat. I'm your co-host Ben, and as always, I'm joined by Keith. Hey. And Brad. What's up? Happy holidays! Okay, so Brad spoiled it, but you know, this is our this is our, <laughs> our annual holiday crossover. But, but blame, blame the new guy. I see how yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Spoiler here spoiled it for uh, us. But... Well, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, spoilers, that's that's me. So but uh, you know, this is continuing I think this is our fourth year we've done this. Yeah. Um, but this yeah. is our, our fourth year crossing over with our friends at the what you should read podcast so uh, i'll go ahead and throw it over to them so they can do their intro so yes hi happy to be here i'm julia i'm rachel and i'm kelly and as ben said we are uh with uh we are with what you should read podcast (laughs) i almost said we're the movies in a meal podcast right (laughs) (laughs) i you know i i feel like one year we should do an april fool's episode where we we flip (laughs) We host each other's and you guys do that, and then we do a just right. But you know, this is our annual tradition. We usually mix our two genres that we we usually podcast about, which is books and movies, or television anyway. Um, and in previous years, we've done like movie or television adaptations for you know Christmas Carol, Little Women. Um, what was the one we did? Uh, what was the other one we did? Uh, the Grinch. Grinch. We the did Grinch, Grinch last uh, year. Yeah, how the Grinch stole, stole Christmas and. So we're back again, and actually, because A Christmas Carol has been adapted so many different ways, we're back again with that, but we have a new twist, and that twist is television shows that have done episodes, taking elements, at least, of A Christmas Carol. So we're going to we're gonna do three. There was a lot to choose from. I think we picked some good ones, actually, for, mm-hmm. for this year, but um, we're going we're gonna to talk about three episodes from Sanford and Son, the real Ghostbusters cartoon, and then we're going to close it out with Boy Meets World. I guess we should just start. Go ahead and start then. Let's go yeah. with, with Sanford and Son. The episode was called Ebenezer Sanford. So okay. okay. Why don't we just kick it to our guests first? So I don't know who wants to lead off and just give their, their first impressions on anything. So um... Never. <laughs> uh, I think this was actually the first Sanford and Son I've seen. Although, I mean, that can't really be right. Like, I must have seen more because I, I recognize the theme song. I I found this very fun, but I think part of that is because curmudgeons are my people, and Fred (laughs) Sanford is quite possibly the biggest curmudgeon. Yeah, I thought it was fun too. I I also had not watched the show before. Do we know what year it was? It was in the Uh, 70s. I think this episode aired in 75. Okay, okay. Debuted in 72, so that sounds about right. Yeah. Um, yeah, so loved the fashions. Uh, was <laughs> um, it's like a time capsule watching old shows like this, but it was so fun. And I feel like I got a good sense of what the show's about just from watching this one episode. And so, yeah, basically he's uh, a curmudgeon and he hires a young, a young man to do some work around his house and says he's going to pay him 10 bucks for it. And the kid's name is, last name is Small. So I thought that was a clever tie-in to Tiny Tim. Mm-hmm. You know, then his son, his son Lamont, comes comes to him in a dream as the three ghosts of past, present, and future to kind of show him how to have some Christmas spirit and not be so grumpy all the time. I love the the way the, the ghosts were portrayed, especially the future outfit. <laughs> <laughs> the goat, the spirit of Liberace. <laughs> yeah. that was the present or the future? That was the future. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. And then I also really loved the song that they sang at the end. And he, it, that was just lovely that they just, you know, kind of ended it simply like that. So have yourself a merry little Christmas. Was the song? <laughs> yeah. 
Yes, Mm -hmm. that was lovely. I agree. I thought that was a nice ending to the episode. And I just thought the whole thing was really funny and sweet. And yeah, I enjoyed the show. I said, wow, I might watch the show sometime. (laughs) And I liked the joke where his son is saying, you're just like Scrooge from A Christmas Carol. And he says, what the dickens are you talking about (laughs) i know just corny jokes like that oh another part that i thought was funny was when his grown son lamont is like dad you said i'm not going to get my christmas presents till february what am i going to tell my friends when they ask me what i got for christmas i was like that's so that's so cute because he's acting like a little kid but he's an adult (laughs) i I gotta say my favorite joke i think when we're getting into jokes is, is right at the beginning where um Lamont's got the bread and he's and uh he's like, You want toast? And he pulls out the lighter and starts lighting the yeah. <laughs> toast. That was oh, that was hilarious. Out of the three episodes, this might be spoiling it a little bit. I think this episode probably closely represents the the story of a Christmas Carol. Yeah. The best, I think. Mm-hmm. And it's just um between the three ghosts and just you seeing all the scenes and just the mm-hmm. even the um the repentance. I think I think Red Fox is probably the most repentant of the three. Fred Sanford, there you go. I thoroughly enjoyed this episode. So, Yeah, I did too. And, you know, we're going to talk about later with Boy Meets World, but how you're attached to it. I didn't quite grow up on Fred Sanford. I'm not that old, but I've seen every episode of Sanford and Son. It's uh-huh. exactly my jam. So I'm glad we picked this variety of episodes. You know, Red Fox is just my guy. And it's the kind of, you know, sitcoms have always been given to comedians, but, you know, he was an unlikely person to get one because his LPs, if you go back and listen to them, and maybe you should, they're really blue. He was oh. clearly drunk half the time, and they're, but they're really, really funny. And this is, this fits the kind of um, that sitcom I like where people are mean, but not angry. And that's kind of gone. I love that Esther gives as good as she gets and the oh, two yeah. of them together are just gold. Yeah. And even Lamont, you know, the Lamont is the, what this was a little bit too, is my favorite of the ghosts too, because he's just so put upon and just how everybody gets along in this episode. I really love, and it's just one you won't be able to do again because now we're more angry, more than mean, but I just love this episode all around. Yeah. Um, I, I'm kind of like Keith where I didn't watch it live, but I just like Sanford and Son had always existed uh, for me because it was always kind of on reruns and everything like that. I was when I was growing up and um, it was just kind of refreshing to see this. And I'm just surprised how much I laughed because I, you know, sometimes when you go back to old TV shows, it just doesn't hit the same. But right. um, because Red Fox is kind of an old grumpy guy, you know, it really works mm-hmm. as as the Scrooge character in this one. and you know, just his reactions to the ghost, you know, when the ghost of future, or when the ghost of uh, Christmas past shows up and he doesn't know what to make of it. And he's just like, you know, cause he's a junk guy. He's like, well, uh, I can give you like, I'll give you like $3 for those chains. And uh, you know, what is it? He's like, I'll give you $3 for those chains. I'll give you $2 for those sheets. And I'll give you 30 seconds to get the hell out of my house. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know, we, I think we talked about before we started recording, I was thinking about, you know, this episode came out in like 75 and like, TV, as we know, it was only around probably like maybe 25, 30 years yeah. before that. And having it being filmed in front of a, a live studio audience, and I don't know if it was uh, planned or if it was just improvised by Red Fox, just like just dumb little things like when Lamont shows up and they're walking to the door as uh, the ghost of Christmas pass. And, you know, 
Fred Sanford just kind of like picks up yes. the ghost train mm-hmm. to like walk him out the door and everything <laughs> yeah. like that. That's just a funny moment. That that Lamont keep repeat, repeating the, yeah. the phrase and Red's like repeating Fred after. Like, yeah, yeah follow me. Uh, yeah. I thought that was funny too. And there's there's surprising sweetness to this too. I mean, you know, you, you said Lamont is a grown child and you're right. But the whole thing with the LS monogram at the end repeated over and over is so funny and so sweet. <laughs> and it works so well because Fred Sanford is such a perfect curmudgeon. But just that, yeah. I love that juxtaposition of it. I was going to say, we learned some trivia about Red Fox when we were watching it because my partner Dorian came in and said that, you know, back in the day when Red Fox was a young man, he was living in Harlem. And there were two guys who lived in Harlem who had red hair and they were nicknamed Detroit Red and Alabama Red. <laughs> Detroit Red was Red Fox and Alabama Red was Malcolm X. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. It just uh it was a good opportunity too to just like to that fact too, about just to like read up on Red Fox and his history yeah. and like that. And I'd seen an interview, um, you know, because like Pat Morita from the Karate Kid was a frequent guest on on um Sanford and Son. <laughs> oh, and, cool. and Pat Morita would say uh, told a great story where he was trying to buy a house and he was like $3,500 short and he knew Red Fox and, you know, he went over to ask Red for a loan and <clears throat> Red just like wrote him a check. He's just like, just be successful. Like, don't worry about, I don't, I'm not worried about being paid back or interest. Like just be successful and pay it on to the next guy. And Pat Marita said, that's what he did afterwards. And, you know, just like, it's nice. It's yeah. nice. Yeah. That's cool. That is cool. Well, I was, you know, you, you mentioned it, but the, um, the end of this one made me smile more than any of the others. Yeah. Also, just just one when when Fred Sanford stands up and sings, I knew a little bit that he could actually sing, but you know it kind of drops out of nowhere if you're just watching mm-hmm. the episode, and it's just to me, they had the best ending of all the three to me. Um, He's got kind of a Louis Armstrong kind yeah. of gravelly yeah. voice. Yeah. But- yep. That's a that's a good joke too when he walks in they're like do you want to sing and he's like nah it's like give me an A flat and then he, <laughs> yeah, starts, exactly. he just starts singing. <laughs> oh. But well that's good like so um it, I guess it was a good kind of gateway then I guess for yeah. um for if for the folks who aren't very familiar with Sanford Son and I think that what's good too is just like those early sitcoms that was about continuity and overarching stories for a whole season you could just watch that episode and you knew everybody and then. You don't have to watch it again. So, yeah. <laughs> all right. Are we doing ratings? Uh, yeah. Well, I don't know. We should do a ratings then. Um, four out of five. Um, I'll I'll, I'll start this way first, mm-hmm. and then we'll go back around and we'll finish with Kelly, I guess. Um, right. uh, I'll give it. Uh, I'll give it a three out of five. I'm sorry. I'll give it a three and a half out of five. All right. All right. Well, I will go four just because I love Sanford and Son, and this was a pretty perfect episode. I'm gonna go on the high end on three and a half out of five. I, I really enjoyed this episode. It's uh, it's it's hilarious through. It's a great story, and like I said, it's most most closely tied to, I believe, a Christmas Carol, in my opinion, out of the three. So um, that's why, on this grading scale, I'm gonna give it three and a half. I I think I'm gonna go four out of five. I really enjoyed it. I don't have too much to critique about it, and yeah, I think it was very close to the original Christmas Carol story. I did like seeing Fred Sanford's reactions to all the ghosts (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i'll go four out of five as well i it made me miss old television and like i get i get annoyed by tv these days that everything has to be like prestige or like have something (laughs) clever in its format it's like simple you know comedy in front of a live studio studio audience like that's great i'll say four too uh, for all the reasons everybody else said also 
it makes me want to go watch the whole show, which yeah. is is pretty hard, really, when it's something that's so many seasons and so many episodes. It It's a commitment, but I mean, it was so funny and just fun and oddly sweet, but not being saccharine. So I would say four. Yeah. And it's also got one of the greatest all-time TV themes yeah. ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Quincy Quincy Jones, I think, did this yeah, one. So. Yeah. Oh, wow. And hats off to TV theme songs with no words. They're, they're just perfect, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, the thing, well, why don't we transition then to a theme song that does have words? It's also <laughs> one of the most famous theme songs of all time. Yeah. Is uh, we're, we're going to go with the animated, the real Ghostbusters that came out in, I believe, 1986. Is in the first season. But you know, this is obviously based off the movie with Bill Murray and everything like that. But you know, it was a cartoon, after-school cartoon for a while, and then Saturday mornings and all that. I guess I'll start. And Lustily, well, did you have something? Well, I'm just going to give it the official episode name. Which oh yes, X must. <laughs> marks the spot so <laughs> i enjoyed this episode too you know we all picked episodes this is all i mean Sanford sun is a little before us but i think the the rest of us have like some nostalgic ties some of the other shows that we're talking about and the, the real ghostbusters like this is a cartoon that i watched definitely when i came home from school and i don't remember this episode specifically but as soon as i turned it on i just got brought back into a time machine uh to, to 1986 and i enjoy it because it was a different spin it wasn't a traditional adaptation of a christmas carol um, and in some ways it kind of had the vibes of something that we see now where it was kind of meta where it's less like you know, they're plopped into the situation and it's a little back to the future style where like they made a they made a choice and that affected their future and then they have to go back. Mm-hmm. A lot of plot in there. The ghosts are surprisingly scary for 1986. For, they're a little <laughs> animated, a little, little freaky, but I, I enjoy this one too. And maybe, um, uh, you know, when I give my grade, the nostalgia glasses will be on a little bit. But um, <laughs> Keith, what, what about you? My attachment to these is kind of in descending order, but I had seen some of those, the real Ghostbusters. And I will say, I like it, you know, I like Ghostbusters, the movies too, but there's kind of a hip snark to those movies and none of that is here. This is just goofy and charming and fun. And you're right, you know, I like the fact that not only did they um, kind of make it a kind of different spin on um, Christmas Carol, but heck, spoiler alert, Scrooge wins, at least for a little while. Yeah. And I hadn't really seen that before. That was that was fun. And there's just little things in here that are really funny, like that tiny goose that Bob crashes picks yeah. up yeah. is just I had to stop it and I maybe I have no heart but that made me really laugh I had to stop and just laugh at that yeah. so <laughs> I just really had fun with this one overall yeah it's, it is it is definitely an interesting take on um the Christmas Carol story and adding the theme of Ghostbusters to it. it's definitely uh I don't want to say clever but it definitely works perfectly and um the how about that dy- uh, dystopian future where um Scrooge wins and everybody yeah. says bah humbug that's mm-hmm. that's definitely an interesting take like he said you don't see I enjoyed this episode. I saw, I think, like the first season of this, maybe in reruns. I did, I, I didn't really stick to it because I didn't know it lasted that was it seven seasons. I think so. It was definitely this is right around. I was born in '85, so it's right around when I was born. So the the irony of the Ghostbusters actually like doing their job and helping Scrooge win. I I, I thought that was hilarious. And I think, <laughs> like I said, the results are definitely interesting and. Just having Peter, Winston, and Ray just try to emulate the three ghosts were was definitely an interesting and entertaining take mm-hmm. on it. The animation style was definitely, I don't want to say ahead of its time, but it, it's it's dated a little bit, but I think it works perfectly. I think just uh, juxtapositioning uh, Peter and Scrooge 
and just having like Peter finding the Christmas spirit in the end, I think it's a definitely a, a great way to, to end the end the episode. And I think just kind of like at, tie up the, the the theme to it. So I I really enjoyed this. I don't think I had ever seen a full episode of this show before, and I thought it was very funny. I think one of the funniest parts was when he was pretending to be the ghost of Chris's past and he had he was pushing Scrooge around in the wheelchair and like with his eyes closed like we're we're flying and he yeah. had the the thing that the, <laughs> the viewmaster thing over his head. Yeah. and oh my gosh that was so funny I also liked in the dystopian future when there were two guys arguing and they were both just yelling bah humbug at each other and I'm like you're agreeing why are you fighting (laughs) (laughs) I I did think it was kind of funny how not only did they go back in time but they also got transported to a different continent yeah (laughs) (laughs) to meet up with Scrooge and you never know where you go right right and Scrooge somehow got rid of Christmas worldwide yeah. So. yeah i mean he's a rich man the influence stretches yeah. and yeah i just thought it was really funny and and goofy and a good time overall yeah, yeah i agree i did have some nostalgia watching this because i definitely watched it as a kid and it was like i kind of had forgotten how much i enjoyed the show until we were watching this i also thought it was funny that scrooge had such a big influence <laughs> And he was like the most famous man in the world. Like if you look closely, his pictures like plastered all over the town when they go back to the present day. Um, so that was pretty funny. Also, Rachel, you noticed a ward- a funny wardrobe thing when in the beginning after Bob Jacob Marley has visited Scrooge and he's flying away. It looks like his underwear is on the outside of his pants. Yeah. <laughs> and she, Rachel was like, wait, that was weird. Can we go back and we round it? And like, it definitely looks like that. It was like, is that a diaper? This yeah. Is strange. It was so weird. So if you watch the episode, <laughs> you'll see it. But yeah, I really, I liked it. And what else did I write down about it? I liked the parallel of, of again, I forget his name, but the, the other guy who didn't like Christmas mm-hmm. to Scrooge. Oh, um, Peter Beckman. Peter Beckman. Yeah. Gotcha. And I think Sanford and Son was more in the spirit of A Christmas Carol, more directly, but this one definitely had more than um, Boy Meets World, which we'll talk about in a minute. So yeah, it was fun. I also grew up watching this and I loved the movies. I loved this cartoon, but I haven't watched it in a really long time. So I had the best time, I think, with this one. I have a little bit of fun trivia on this. I watched it with my best friend, Josh, uh, who is on Press Play and Scream with me. And he said that Ernie Hudson actually tried out to play Winston for the cartoon, but they did not hire him because he didn't sound enough like the guy in the movie. So they hired Arsenio Hall. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Which makes it even funnier. These are the real Ghostbusters. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah there's a there's a whole i was um, telling these guys there's a whole voice casting thing too because you know i mean I, if we all grew up kind of in the same era so you know lorenzo music who is the voice of peter veckman was garfield as well yeah. so you know that yeah. was a that was a thing and then he got replaced by the full house guy dave coulier because bill murray complained that he said like uh, Venkman sounded too much like Garfield, and then Bill Murray ended up playing Garfield. Back, like, 
It's just so that, the yeah. guy who played Ray was the voice of Fred from uh, Scooby Doo. Oh yeah, Fred Welker. Yeah. Fred Welker. Oh my god! But you know, it's uh it was a just a good hit of nostalgia. Also, real quick, I like what's uh, is it Janine? Janine. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I like how um like Janine is uh, oh, uh infaction with e- Egon. Egon, right? Yeah. Yeah. Janine's infection, Egon, overrides her bah hug, humbugness yeah. that she like, she'll actually like follow Egon to save Christmas, even though she hates Christmas. So I, I, I really enjoy that little side note too. I, I yeah. found that kind of funny. So um, I, just a couple other trivia things, I guess. If you, apparently if you, this is the last episode of the first season. And if you watch the entire first season, you would, you'll notice that like all the ghosts in the containment unit are all the ghosts that they had captured previous yeah. uh, to that. And then, the guy who wrote um the guy who wrote this episode, J. Michael Straczynski, uh, he did he went out, he wrote like I think he was behind like Deep Space Nine. And then also wow. he had, you know, he was a big comic book writer. He wrote Spider-Man for a long time and everything like that. So well, I'm glad you mentioned that because I got that. So you know, it's like Sanford and Son and this like two really good theme songs and uh, don't don't get me started on Boy Meets World. Well, we... This this is my jam. Like okay, those, those, <laughs> those two songs were good, but when I heard the Boy Meets World jam, like back here, I'll get, I'll, behind the scenes here, I was trying to I was going to watch it on YouTube and they slowed the theme song down and I'm like, no, I can't do this. I got to find it somewhere else. And I found it on Disney Plus. And as soon as they started into it, I was like. That's my jam. Yeah. I was like, all right, I can deal with this. So, so. we were singing along as well. Yeah. So, yeah. so uh, why don't we why don't we close out the real Ghostbusters with our ratings and stuff? Uh, so I, I guess we'll go back around the horn. So Kelly, do you want to you want to start? All all the stars for this, I guess five because that's that's what I have. But however high you want the scale to go, it's that this was this was perfect. Um. Yeah, I'll give this one a four as well. Um. This was really fun and. Yeah, not not too much to critique it with. Although I I was like, I really don't like this dystopian future where everyone hates Christmas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was it was really fun. I agree. I think I'm gonna go four out of five as well. It just I laughed a lot. I mean, with all these episodes, I laughed a lot, but this one just like surprised me at how funny it was especially just again the part that I love about him pushing him in the wheelchair like we're flying. Yeah. <laughs> but yes. I'm gonna give it a three and a half. Uh, this episode's another good one where it um, it definitely uh, ties into a Christmas Carol. Two out of the three of our shows do. I think we'll we'll, we'll get into Boy Meets World, but um, yeah, it's yeah, I really enjoyed it. The the tying in with the actual show and making it work was was very well done, and I think uh, Straczynski did a real good job on that. So uh, so yeah, I'm gonna give it three and a half. I'll agree. I agree. I enjoyed the goofiness of this, and you know we talked about the end, but we also placed charades at one point. It's just so much fun and. I like the mix of it is for kids, but you can still all enjoy it, and I really have fun with it. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go three and a half too. I just mm-hmm. uh, I thought it was a I thought it was a good episode. And again, when you when you revisit these things that you grew up watching as a kid, like sometimes um it's I do it with some trepidation just because I'm like, it, what if it's not as good as I remember <laughs> it? Um, but this was this was really fun. So let's talk about our third TV show, and um, that's Boy Meets World. Um, Boy Meets World. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so what's that, Brad? You want to give us the you want you want to give us the title of this episode? Yeah, it's a very Topanga Christmas, and <laughs> when when it, when it first starts, you can definitely see why. So yeah. Kelly, I think you you were you know when you and I were kind of just like throwing out some ideas of, of which ones to watch. You you wanted this one, so why don't you you want to lead off and. Say why you picked it and what you felt watching this episode. I picked it because I'm 43 years old. <laughs> so this was what I did. 
on Friday nights a lot of the time. <laughs> I thought it would be very fun. I didn't remember this episode that well. Basically, okay, Topanga is staying with Corey's family over Christmas, and all of their beloved traditions are getting upended because Topanga's like, no, in my family, we open presents on Christmas Eve. We we like apple cider and not, you know, eggnog. And Corey gets very angry and ups. I mean, not super angry, I guess, but he can't handle like dual traditions. So he basically flees like a weirdo. I don't know. <laughs> but then um, he sees a bit of his future. And if he does not get back together with Topanga, things look very grim for him. But her future looks pretty awesome. So you kind of have to watch this series to know that Corey is neurotic to almost the umpteenth degree. So I mean, it's just it fits it fits Corey's character that basically instead of like sitting down and talking and out, he'll freak out and like leave and just like have flashbacks and thoughts and all that. So it's it's very Corey like. Before but. before I throw it to Rachel, I will just say that I agree. Like Mr. Feeney calls Corey a coward, and I think that's yeah. the best word. <laughs> to say Rachel what'd you think absolutely so I I've definitely seen every episode of the show it was in syndication by the time I was in middle school and so every day after school there would be episodes on I definitely think this is a classic boy meets world conundrum where Corey yeah just can't handle something that is different than what he wanted until someone usually Mr. Feeney teaches him a lesson and then he's like I was wrong and he make makes up so yeah. I don't know. It's I love Corey Matthews, even though he's, you know, there's parts in the show, this episode and other episodes where I'm just like, oh, so dumb. Boy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I love him and Topanga. I love, I love his family. I just, I love this show. I think it's really sweet. This episode in particular, I did think was fun. Um, I like that Sean and Jack had a little B, B plot going on. And but I, I don't think it was super Christmas carol-y because you only had the one ghost of Christmas future. Uh, although I thought that was a really nice the way they did the future was really nice where he was like, wait, Topanga would never have an aluminum tree. Mm -hmm. And he's like, he actually found someone who learns how to compromise. <laughs> Ever yeah. heard of it? <laughs> so yeah. I thought that was great. <laughs> Yeah, and I love that Mr. Feeney was the ghost of Christmas yeah. future. It was smart for them to just do that one ghost because they didn't really have time to yeah. do the others. And the whole point was to change Corey's outlook. Yeah, I thought it was cute. Definitely a classic Boy Meets World episode. Could have done without the body shaming during yeah. the future part. <laughs> um, more Matthew Lawrence all the time, please. I had the biggest crush on him when I was a kid. So I was like... I'm glad he's in this episode, but I would like more, please. <laughs> um, I'll go next and we'll, we'll end it with Brad. But uh, yeah, I think Keith and I are the, like, maybe this was like just outside when we are, are like, are, are watching. I don't know. It wasn't, it just, I just don't remember watching a lot. I remember being on, but I don't remember. I, I might've been just maybe just a year or two. I'll look, I'll look it up, but I think this was like when it originally aired. I 93 was, to 2000. Yeah, I think this was like a 97, 98, I think. This episode was okay, like, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So. But even not seeing a lot of episodes, I mean, I, I, I got enough of it to understand what was going on. And, you know, the the Christmas spirit of A Christmas Carol, I think, was reflected. And yeah, maybe not in the most traditional way or not even a lot, but um, I understood it. But yeah it's just like Topanga was a little overpowering in the beginning 
but then it flipped when like Corey was just so wishy-washy and you know especially when Topanga came in and like apologized for being a little bit overbearing and then Corey still didn't do anything I was just like dude what, what is wrong with you I also enjoyed like when they looked in the future and then Topanga was with what's what's Jack. Matthew Lawrence's character's name Jack Jack, Jack yeah and even then he's like he's like hey i don't know you that well but i'm glad you got married <laughs> yeah. uh, but thanks for marrying me yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I i i thought that was good I, the only thing is and i guess maybe because there's only 24 minutes in the episode like is the mom always that like absent or does it just happen to be this episode it's just this episode she's she's yeah. around she didn't do anything she wasn't even she wasn't even really around yeah. so. no really it was just the dad giving out relationship advice at the end yeah <laughs> yeah but the, but the mom the mom's mom's around in more episodes okay. so, yeah okay. um, yeah you but... talk about your familiarity with it i will say this is the first boy meets world episode i've ever seen and i apologize wow i am i won't say how old but i'm older than all of you and I was, now that you tell me, I was just out of college at this point, and it just totally went by me. Uh, watching it now in a vacuum, I enjoy Corey and Topanga. I like Corey's uh, neuroses. I was a little afraid they were going to make Topanga the villain by the end. They kept you guessing there, you know, as watching this one episode. She was, granted, a little pushy, but she was right, and I appreciated that. I will say, um, you know, the B-plot if you just drop in, I had no idea who those, why, why they were just finding out they were brothers, what yeah. was going on. And that's, that's on me, you know? So that part just didn't work for me at all. This is the least, you're right, Christmas Carol of the three of them, but I did enjoy Corey seeing his future and him rather quickly learning that he's being a total tool. I, I liked that part of it. Um, overall, it was a fun episode. Backstory. I grew up watching TGI, mm -hmm. TGIF and it was, oh, yeah. uh, it was, uh, it was this, it was family matters. It was step-by-step. Step, so this was that. And I remember it was, uh, <laughs> In syndication on ABC Family, so I'd, I'd usually watch this like afternoons, and I mean it was just I always love watching this. As far as connection to Christmas Carol, yeah, this is the worst of the three. It's got <laughs> it's got maybe seven minutes of it of a uh, twenty four minutes, so yeah, not good. But I think the one scene they had was definitely um, definitely fit well. I think it was played for last, which it did a real good job on. I love seeing Mr. Feeney. He's he's always he's always great to see. So I mean, it's just always love seeing Eric Matthews too. Uh, Will, Will Friedel is awesome in this. I think he's 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 the underrated MVP of the whole series. I think. Yeah, just, he's he he knows when to play for last, but he also knows when to be serious. And I think just. You see it even in the the glimpse of the future where he's there to help his brother out. I think it's really one well done. But um, I think the connection where Feeney's actually reading the the the, an act, the actual Christmas Carol, I think it, that might be a first for for our viewings of of the TVs and movies. So maybe Scrooge. I guess Scrooge did it too. But mm -hmm. but I, I really enjoyed that they had that because, like I said, more Feeney. I love Feeney. Yeah. Yeah. As far as like a Christmas Carol tie-in, yeah, not so much. But as far as an episode, I think it's really one well done. I I did like how Topanga, like in all her bulldozing, was able to bulldoze over Mr. Feeney, and I'm like, <laughs> only Topanga yeah. can yeah. bulldoze over Mr. Feeney, the principal of the school. <laughs> yeah, yeah more yeah, was like a very tiny Tim. Yeah. But I do Tiny Tim. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And every other character. Yeah. 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 Uh, no, it was it, it was a sweet episode. And I'm, I'm I'm glad we picked that. It was a good maybe when we wrap up, I can talk about some of the other suggestions or some of the other ones on the one of the lists we picked. Do we want to give the ratings then? Okay. okay, so Brad, why don't you go? Well, I'm gonna go ahead and say this now. If if we were rating this on just a Christmas carol tie-in, this would maybe be like a one or one and a half. 
<laughs> but I would give this episode a five anyway because I'm biased like that and I've got my uh, my tinted glasses. So I kind of got to play in between. So I'm going to give it a three and a half. I will go three, not because of um, just it's more my attachment to it. I, I There was um, the whole B plot I couldn't get into. And I don't know enough about Corey and Topanga. I like their little journey in this episode, but I'll give it a three. For the same reasons that Keith has, you know, just it's. I just missed the nostalgia window, so uh, I'll give it a three as well. I also will give it a three. Um, it was fun, but yeah, there wasn't as much of a tie-in to A Christmas Carol, so just for fairness sake, I'll say three. <laughs> yeah, as much as I love this show, I'm going to go three and a half, I think, for this one. Just because I love the show, not as much Christmas Carol tie-in, but the way they did it was fun. I'm, I don't know, I'm torn. Um <laughs> I'm going to say four just because it's so fun. And yeah, there's there's not a lot of Christmas Carol content. But at this point, we all know that story. And I think it did it perfectly. And uh, I don't know. I don't do things for fairness sake. That's why Julie is a better person than I am. Fair enough. <laughs> so have Have any of you guys, so what is what is orange juice and grapefruit? taste like together oh, that, i've never had that i've never tried that i, I feel imagine. like i would like it because i like yeah. those things that seems interesting. although sweet I, sweet and sour sounds pretty good i wouldn't mind trying it once so yeah. i'm always up to try some new stuff so. normally we would have um like rotten tomatoes and stuff the tv mm-hmm. episodes obviously don't lend that it um lend, lend themselves to um that but you know brad still has a couple um versus questions yes. i guess you'd say mm-hmm. who did it better Okay. So, yeah. uh, and, um, and in fact, uh, before that, um, do we? Well, never mind. Actually, the ratings speak for themselves about which ones you guys like better. So, yeah. go ahead, Brad. I mean, if you want to add like the Mickey Christmas Carol, because it was okay. No, right. no, why don't you just go with your questions? <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. So, um, who did it better? So, we'll start off with closest to the story of a Christmas Carol. We've got Sanford and Son, Boy Meets World, and the Real Ghostbusters. Kelly, do you want to start on that one? Sanford and Son probably was closest to it. Yeah, I'll say Sanford and Son. Yeah, Sanford and Son. I would agree. Sanford and Son followed the the pattern the closest. Yep, me too. I'll just uh, for argument's sake, I I I kind of agree with you. But what the real Ghostbusters did with it, they flipped it on his head, and it was almost entirely Christmas Carol. So I'll go with that one. I take Keith's point. It's definitely a good point. But I'm gonna have to go Sanford and Son too. So <laughs> I would say the Ghostbusters one, Brad. Is like days of future past, except yeah. for, for Christmas, <laughs> the X Men story. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. Go ahead, Brad. What's the, what's the next one? On uh, the best analog to Scrooge. So uh, basically, I'm going to take the character that I guess represents Scrooge in the episode. So and and the, it, it's subjective for some of them, but uh, but for uh, for Sanford and Son, it's Fred Sanford. Uh, for Boy Meets World, it's Corey Matthews, and for the Real Ghostbusters, it's uh, Peter Venkman. I guess who was the best? And, Why don't you go first? Uh, you want me to go first? I'm gonna have to go with Fred Sanford. I mean, I I think Peter Venkman, um, it was there, but I mean, it was I don't want to say it was like half hearted, but I mean, when you have the actual Scrooge in the episode, it's kind of hard to <laughs> like live up to it. So, uh, so yeah, I'm gonna say Fred Sanford. Yeah, it has to be Fred Sanford for me, not just because I love Sanford Son so much, but he was already a Scrooge, but he still goes on a, a good enough journey in the episode to make it really fun. And we'll get into the best ghosts at, next, but. The way he and Lamont play each other is so sweet, and it was just great. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think yeah. that reasonable to think that the the show that adhered to A Christmas Carol the closest probably had the closest Scrooge, mm-hmm. and so I'm going to go with Sanford and Son as well. Um, Kelly, you want to go next? 
I probably should say Fred Sanford, but I'm going to go with uh, Peter Venkman because if Venkman's a choice, I'm picking Venkman. <laughs> yeah. I want to say the Scrooge from the Ghostbusters because it was the actual Scrooge. Yeah. But yeah. I understand yeah. that's not real. So if we can't pick that one, then I pick Fred Sanford. Um, agreed. I do, you know, even though Peter Venkman did kind of have a Scrooge arc, it wasn't like it. To me, it wasn't like he didn't really hate Christmas. He was just indifferent. Um, versus I do feel like Fred had a little bit more Scrooge quality. Yep. Next one is, keep kind of spoiled, the best ghost. We have uh, Lamont Sanford. We have Mr. Feeney. And we have Peter, Ray, and Winston. Rachel, why don't you start this one? Oh, this is tough for me, I think, because the Ghostbusters made me laugh the most as the ghost. And Mr. Feeney, I just like how he calls Corey out a lot as the ghost of Christmas future. But I think for me, what clinches it is Lamott's like, follow me. Yeah. It just it kept yeah. going on and on. And I'm like, why is this so funny? I don't know. I, I, so I'm going to have to go with Lamont. Follow oh, that's me. Good. Follow me. Yeah. I just, I love Mr. Feeney as a character. So I'm going to go with Feeney. We're, we're saying best, right? Yeah. yeah. Because my favorite would be Ray and Egon and Winston, but best probably uh probably Mr. Feeney. Because Feeney. I'm torn on this one too, because I really want to say Lamont Sanford, but it's Mr. Feeney. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna assume that Keith and Ben are probably gonna go with Lamont. So I'm gonna say Mr. Feeney. So because uh, Boy Meets World. You, you can't beat Mr. Feeney. <laughs> <laughs> so well, you shouldn't assume, but you're not wrong. Um, <laughs> the real Ghostbusters ghosts are so funny, and I love the fact that they became the ghosts themselves. That's that mm -hmm. that, that makes. But the way that Lamont plays the, the plays the ghosts is so perfect to the character. He's so put upon on the show, and he clearly doesn't want to be the ghosts. And just the way they they play off each other is so perfect. So I have to go with Lamont. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna go with the real Ghostbusters one just for the. I'll give them E for effort because, like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> they they just kind of MacGyvered it with a with the wheelchair and the, yeah. the master and the and the hooks and all that stuff so i i i, I thought that was uh i thought that was good so all right next up is uh the best supporting cast and uh sanford and son boy meets world and the real ghostbusters so who do you think was the best supporting cast of the of the uh the shows just because i like janine and slimer i'm gonna go with the real ghostbusters <laughs> that's all purely just out of my heart yeah, yeah. Well, I, I hate to be uh, totally across the board, but, you know, Sanford and Son has one of the funniest ensembles of all time. You know, Esther is fantastic, Lamont. And then when they get everybody in there at the end, if you know the show, I know a lot of you just dropped into it. Like I dropped into Boy Meets World, but everybody's there and they're all funny. So I have to go with Sanford and Son. I'm torn on this one because I really want to say Sanford and Son because it's definitely, I think the supporting cast is most impactful and I think they, they blend in the show real well, but... I think my biasy on Boy Meets World is going to make me say Boy Meets World. So I'm going to say Boy Meets World. So I'm going to say Real Ghostbusters just because that is so much of my childhood. And yeah, I love it. Um, I really loved the supporting cast in Sanford and Son, especially Aunt Esther. So I'm going to go with Sanford and Son. I think for me, I'm going with Boy Meets World because I really liked how even the characters who weren't totally on board with Topanga's changes in the beginning like changed over by the end and they were all like Corey what's wrong with you why are you the only holdout yeah. <laughs> and I just thought everyone was really fun and funny in that one. Oh, we were pretty evenly split on that one yeah 
two yeah, for two for two. That was a good one. So yeah. before we close, I think it's always tradition that we just talk about maybe what we're gonna do next year or other possibilities. <laughs> and you know, when we were kind of throwing out ideas about what episodes, um, you know, I googled like an ABD AV <laughs> Club did a list from like 13 years ago, mm-hmm. and we could probably put some of these in our pocket and do later on but you know like there's an episode of bewitched if we want to go back way back the the one that i'm interested in i think maybe we should do is um you know george burns the comedian apparently he did a christmas carol 2 the sequel which apparently is like without spoiling it too much from the summary it looks like it's post christmas carol like what happened afterwards we mentioned beavis and butthead i mentioned to kelly there was a one of these lists had an x-files episode and i looked at it and i i read the summary and i'm like this has nothing to do with christmas this really doesn't have anything (laughs) except it's surrounded at christmas uh so i don't don't know you know there's a quantum leap episode um i was just gonna say something just popped into my head I don't know if you guys know the short story Christmas Every Day. Oh, right. There are there are some adaptations of that. There's one that was like a made-for-TV movie, and then there's Disney one like Mickey's Mickey's Once Upon Upon a Christmas. Oh, with Donald Duck. So we would if we could find like one more adaptation. I'm sure there's something out there that might be a possibility. Christmas Every Day. Yeah, Yeah, I think that's what the story's called. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Fairly Odd Parents did a Christmas Every Day. Oh, there we go. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm all for a Christmas story. I mean, I, I, I <laughs> that's that's my jam. I mean, yeah. I, I grew up with with it with it on TNT 24 hours, and I'd I'd have it on in the background and I'd watch it. And I've I've bugged my sister <laughs> enough now that she hates the hates the movie. So I, I think uh, uh, yeah, I can no, see another Christmas too. story just for Brad. But one more sitcom just for total cheese. Show you, I probably should have watched watched Bloomy's World, but before that, Saved by the Bell. That was another one we thought about. I was when I was in college. Saved by the Bell was watched ironically, but I loved it. And um, you know, there's the there's a really, really, really cheesy and fun Christmas Carol episode of that one. Uh, I I thought about that, but when we had decided on Boy Meets World, I thought it was like two of the same, so I didn't want to do that. Yeah, yeah. And Julia was talking about like Matthew Lawrence, like uh, Tiffany Thiessen is still like. She's still up there for me. So like, <laughs> any, any chance to any, any excuse to like watch anything that she's in. Is, exactly. Is good, so. yeah. um, but I, I think, okay. So, uh, you know, I think another. We have uh, ideas. Oh, yeah. yeah. Definitely we'll keep it going. Figure it out. I just found out there is a Christmas Carol musical with Kelsey Grammer and Jane Krakowski. Yeah, we could do that one. Um, <laughs> which makes me very happy because of that episode of 30 Rock where they uh, work a long con. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> there, there's that. Isn't there one that came out recently with uh, Ryan Reynolds? And- yeah, yeah, with Will Ferrell. Yeah. I watched all of that because well, my cousin is actually in it. Her name is Sunita. Really? My cousin is a an actress named Sunita from Brooklyn who has bit parts in a lot of movies, but she's rising. She was in that one, so I watched okay. it um, for that affectionately. It's too much. It's big and goofy and fun, but it's totally frenetic. I would not be opposed to throwing that one in. It's I got love that. Will I Ferrell, loved it. It's fun. Yeah. You know, Will Ferrell. Yeah. Will Ferrell. Will, Will Ferrell. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, just uh, I just a uh, just a window into my life. Um, she's one of my favorite people, so I watch a lot of movies that I probably shouldn't end up seeing, but I watch that. Uh, you know, I watch it for her. So, yeah. What um, Keith? What part does she play? Does she have, does she have a big part, or like what's the part she's play? Well, you know, um, you know, you probably if you like indie movies, her biggest part was in this movie called Madeline's Madeline. 
Oh. Um, she's been in a lot of indie movies. I can't really tell any, pick any that people would have seen. But if you, um, and this is totally awful. I do know my cousin's last name, but I see her like once every three years. She's my cousin-in-law. And I watch all of her movies. I can't remember her last name, but her, her first name is definitely Sunita. And she was in, oh, I know. What is that horror series on, and um, that was on Apple from uh, M. Night Shyamalan and his- Fervent. Yes. Fervent. She had a big part in that yeah. as Rupert Grint's, um, you know, a better half for a while. Okay. Um, so, you know, she's just had bit parts, but they're memorable. Um, okay. Is this her? That is her. So her last name is not hard to pronounce, Sunita Mani. Um, she's, but she's a really good rising actress. So, you know, track her down. <laughs> cool, cool. She's on yeah. IMDb. Yeah. Okay. Percy IMDb. Is yeah, Percy of IMDb, there you go. Okay, all right. So I think it's it's time to wrap this thing up it's always um, a blast this yeah is, this is always a blast yeah, i just realized that wrap this up is a pun but you mean unwrap this up right yeah. I mean, now now, now yeah. most most people probably unwrapping gifts that's so. true it's true so, um so. but uh you know as always uh you know i want to thank our, our friends at uh, the what you should read podcast and i'll turn it over to you guys to do your plugs and your usual sign off and then we'll come back to us uh chris Christmas Carol is probably on Libro FM. If you don't already have an account, use promo code WYSR and get two books for the price of one your first month. Yes, and be sure to follow us on social media. We are WYSR underscore podcast on Instagram and on Twitter. You can email us at what you should read podcast at gmail.com and please leave us a rating and a review. And now you know what you should read and watch. <laughs> You're welcome. Go to sleep, Michelle. <laughs> all right all right um and keith you want to do our plugs before yes we sign off? as always you can reach us at movies in the meal og at gmail.com movies in the meal on x or twitter whatever you call it and do give us a listen on iHeartRadio, spotify or wherever you find your podcasts please okay so for this episode of movies in the meal i'm ben keith brad peace <laughs> <laughs>